Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have a bit of a different show. We have our Ask Me Anything episode today. So these are questions that I have been provided by you as the listeners or um, along the way, along the journey um, in our day-to-day practice that I want to provide answers to you for in a quick podcast session. So today, I'll run through a few. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer, then please send it to us at podcasts at aspectlegal.com.au. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Now, here we go with a very quick session for you. Chris, who have some questions and ask me anything, welcome on board. Um, what are some of the questions that you hear that I could answer? Yeah, sure, Joe. So one of the interesting things that, you know, as, as we've discussed that we, uh, we, we buy and sell businesses, um, in my experience, though, it's very hard to sell a business um, without having to sign up to a set of warranties and indemnities. However, one of the things I found is that sometimes lawyers, particularly those that haven't done a lot of sort of, uh, you know, business transactions, they advise their clients to not to agree or to substantially change what are pretty standard terms, conditions in terms of warranties and indemnity. So I'm interested in your advice on, you know, how do you approach uh, sort of the negotiation and, and what your view on what sort of fair and reasonable warranties and indemnities in a, in a contract of sale are? such a good topic because I find that sellers quite often have just not even turned their mind to this as they come into a sale. And sometimes they, in fact, I I don't even mean sometimes, almost always, they can be very overwhelmed by the uh, the risk in their mind um, as to the warranties that they read through. Because quite often these warranties, depending on the, you know, the size of the contract, but they go for pages. Like this is the reality. <laughs> and when, you know, when we're on buy side, you, you know, we see the frustration that you're talking about right now with overly conservative lawyers or lawyers who just don't understand what is market, um, market practice in, um, in, in, you, you know, there, there's a general approach, I guess, for M&A transactions, but it can also differ uh, based on the industries as well. So there can be different um, approaches from industry to industry. And um, one of the one of the first things is I think that open and honest conversation uh, with a seller that this is a routine, normal part of selling their business. And the the, um, uh, the warranties will look different depending on whether it's a uh, business sale transaction, which is an asset sale or a share sale. Obviously, it's them understanding the reasons that a buyer requires them. I think that's the very first thing, that them understanding that it's normal conceptually, them understanding why a buyer would want them, but then them uh, having full and frank discussions with them to understand um, where the real risk sits in their business from from their perspective, um, and so so I guess it's that general discussion. But then there's always these the, these um, elements that will be added into a contract that will help minimise uh, the indemnities that are provided. So you know we we limit time frame and time frame um, often is cut 
um, up between various types of warranties that sit in the contract. Um, and then we also uh, will have caps and then we'll have thresholds. And there's all these sorts of things to contain uh, the way in which it works. And, and I think my experience is as you work sellers through these areas, as you talk about the commercial reality of them, and then you talk about the protections that are put in there but that are commercial, um, you, you really – sellers get into that mindset of understanding. And and I think one of the other things that we talk about with our sellers as well is uh, transaction liability insurance, which is warranty and indemnity insurance. There's some great new insurance in the marketplace here in Australia um, that is very – this warranty and indemnity insurance used to be um, extremely expensive and it used to be more a buy-side insurance. Um, and, and certainly for the larger transaction side, that that is still the case, but for, for our SME um, deals, so you know, say our um, sales below that five to ten million dollar point, there, there's great insurance products on the market that are, are relatively cheap. In fact, they're very cheap. They, they're sell side, not buy side, but um, they create a lot of for, for our very nervous sellers, um, which you know sometimes we have very nervous sellers, notwithstanding everything that we sort of work them through, um, they are greatly comforted by the opportunity to get an insurance policy to protect them as well. So that's the that's the discussion that we have and they're the sorts of protections um, that we offer um, our sellers to consider um, in order to feel not totally exposed. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, certainly one of the things I've seen is that there's there is a set of what you said kind of like market warranties and indemnities and you know one of the interesting things i mean I've, I've we've been acquiring businesses for a long time um and we have never once ever of any of the businesses we've acquired um claimed on any warranty or any indemnity and i think sometimes people tie themselves in knots around oh well what happens if this happens or what happens if that happens um without sort of thinking about what's the probability of that happening um, you know, and, and that's a, a really important thing. Yes, that's an absolutely brilliant point. Wonderful. Um, and have you got any other Ask Me Anything? I do. So um, so on that note, so, so, so it's kind of related. Um, how should somebody choose the right lawyer to represent them? Because one of the things I've seen uh, in sort of in our business is that you know, people sort of think I'm selling my business. I'm going to go to my, you know, uh, my sort of, my standard lawyer who helped me with my property lease last time. Uh, and sometimes we find that that lawyer might not have had much experience in, in selling businesses or advising clients on the sale of businesses. So how would you advise someone to, you know, on how to select a lawyer that's going to represent their interests well? Really good question. One that we're asked a lot, actually. And so we, um, and I promise you, this is not a leading question that Chris is asking. This is his actual question. <laughs> it's not. I actually came up with it myself because one of the things I find is that we say to people, hey, when you're choosing your lawyer, make sure they've done some transactions. 100%. And, 
And of course, we can we can recommend yeah. them, certain lawyers, but of course, they don't want no, recommendations no. from us because there's a there's a bias yeah. there. Uh, so so it's really good to get someone, a third party like yourself, to sort of say, yeah. well, well, how would you choose them? You are a yeah. lawyer who specialises in this space. How would you choose? Well, someone? we have a choosing a lawyer checklist um, that we um, have available for anyone who wants it. And uh, because part, you're absolutely right, the questions that you need to ask or, or the information that you need to get is that understanding of how often the lawyer has dealt with these types of transactions. So that's absolutely critical. But simply asking them may not reveal the answers that you want. So there's actually a series of questions um, that we have in this checklist. So it's, you, you know, it relates to um, the frequency with which they deal in um, in in dealing with M&A, number one, and dealing with in your industry, number two. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, we, and I've put a lot of thought into that because it's an issue that we have seen again and again. And once again, we see the issue as well, um, you, you know, the, the exact same issue that you're seeing because we always have counterparties, so lawyers acting for the other side. Every time we work on a transaction and we see the um, very large variances in um, in experience and understanding in the industry and it's a re it's a huge problem and something that we um that, that we're very keen we want to work on a transaction with um lawyers on the other side who know what they're doing in the area because it just makes it better for all around i i think that's my perspective absolutely and that's one of the interesting things a lot of people sort of think well you know isn't isn't it worse if we're a buyer of a business business isn't it better for us if the lawyer on the other side is inexperienced? And the answer is no. We would much prefer an experienced lawyer on the other side who's done a you know, a ton of these sorts of transactions because the process is quicker. Um, there aren't debates about things that, that, that actually don't really matter. And the debate and the discussion is about the things that actually do matter for both parties. And I feel that, um, you know, when we're dealing, you know, when we're acquiring a business with, uh, you know, a seller who's got good representation, um, that's, that's, that makes a, an enormous difference. And it increases the likelihood of the transaction going forward. Brilliant. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And Thanks for coming on to the podcast. No worries. Thanks, Joe. Good to be here. Well, that's it for our Ask Me Anything episode today. I hope you found that useful. Now, we've got a few more of these style podcasts coming up soon. I find it invaluable to be able to answer these top of mind questions, whether they're from our guests, our audience, or our client. Now, if you have a specific topic or question that you'd like us to discuss, then submit your Ask Me Anything questions to podcast at aspectlegal.com.au or check out the show notes to this episode where we will link right through to an email for you to submit to submit your Ask Me Anything questions. And an important reminder that if you would like any legal assistance with matters that you're working on at the moment, then don't forget you can book in for an initial free call directly with our Legal Eagles at Aspect Legal by heading to our homepage at aspectlegal.com.au. Well, that's it for me today. My name is Joanna Oki, and you've been listening to another wonderful episode of our podcast, proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. 
We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.